Special Edition, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am your host of Discussions of Truth. This is a weekly Miami-based program that comes at you as an alternative view, essentially, uh, to get you to question and... uh, Well, leave leave it at that. Question authority, basically, simply... Bitly, if you're familiar with those short shortened links, bit.ly slash capital Z-I-K-A. Those are all capitals Miami Beach, a capital M-M-B. If you type that into your browser, simply type in Ian Trotch, A-I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R, into your web browser with Honey Colony, you're going to find the article that was uh, written by myself uh, per request. Uh, Miriam contacted me and asked me to write uh, what I had found uh, in regards to the Zika uh, spraying, and uh, it's you know it's been a couple years now, but what was found um, then, if you read that article, it'll broaden perhaps your perspective of understanding that um, the basic the basic kind of uh, surfaces. Take a dollar bill, flip it over, Nova Sordo Seclorum. So, what does New World Order mean? What, what is that? And why is the Federal Reserve, if this is a, a free society, why is the Federal Reserve a private bank that regulates uh, the U.S. economy? And who are the shareholders and members of the Federal Reserve? Right. So everything's kind of intertwined and linked together. And that's where you get Trump talking about draining the swamp. Now, depending on who you ask, he is simply just a puppet. Uh, he he uh, he doesn't have any political experience. Why why is he why is he why is he the head of the most powerful nation on the planet? Is, is that symbolic of the state of U.S. politics? Are they in such a such a disarray that 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 a man like Trump, nothing against him, brilliant businessman, and 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 and, and he's achieved some great things in his life. Certainly, nothing against nothing against his intelligence by any means, but. But of all the qualified candidates in the United States, you have to kind of get past political divides. Get past the political lines. Don't think, oh, Republican. Don't think, oh, Democrat. Okay, think about being an American. Think about enforcing the U.S. Constitution. Liberty, freedom, and justice for all. That's certainly not what's happening in Venezuela right now. Okay, and, and around the globe, there are, uh, there are many instances and examples of a non-free Society. So if you are like myself and you enjoy being able to uh, partake in free speech, if you will, I never intended to do this and, uh, and just two, um, uh, uh, which brings us to uh, next week. Uh, we've got, got a really great slate lined up here uh, heading into June. 
next week, we will be joined by James Tracy, Ph.D., and he, t- he, he took an alternative view. He took an alternative approach, alternative, alternative view on, um, on the Sandy Hook massacre. And he began, uh, he began instructing his classes with the point of view that, that perhaps this is a false flag. Perhaps there is an element of uh, the CIA, of, of the U.S. government, that, that would put this, you know, put this on. And 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 or orchestrate this, engineer it in a false, false, false manner. A la Alex Jones, right? And he lost his job. He was a tenured professor at Florida Atlantic, and he lost his position for for uh, he lost his lost his position for for having that position. Uh, so he'll be joining us next week. Uh, and following that, we will be hosting uh, the UK's own uh, David Ike. And David Ike, a former BBC employee. Um, Really heads up what's called a new age conspiracism. Uh, he really gets into uh, the, the the layers behind uh, behind the the masses that control uh, global economics. Okay. Um, all right. So we'll leave it at that. And then uh, heading into June, uh, Oxford University lecturer Dr. Young Hae Chi will be joining the program to discuss his uh, research uh, on um, extraterrestrial uh, extraterrestrial um, influence in, in 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 what we know as uh, of uh, earth okay and uh, we've really got some tremendous guests uh, coming coming your way and that's New York's time uh, not to mention New York Times bestselling author Tom Hartman who uh, has his own uh, radio show um, uh, 6.5 million. Uh, listeners is is what uh, what what Hartman gets uh, from his, uh, his 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 show. So July tenth, um, more to come your way. More to come your way. So double header today, uh, five o'clock slot p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be I'll be back with you uh, this afternoon for the normal that normal slot at five p.m. Um, and uh, I've got a couple of great guests, uh, really compelling. Um, uh, discussions there, uh, two separate ones, and uh, the main slot of today's show will be occupied by um, Camp Constitution. Uh, they will be discussing Agenda Twenty One, Doctor Soon with the Harvard Smithsonian, uh, and uh, also uh, climate change. I'll be right back with uh, Jenny Laurent who is a professional physique competitor. She's won uh, accolades and awards for that, uh, and she is a uh, current uh, uh, environmental activist in addition to what she does in the nutrition and physique uh, fitness world. I'll be right back with her. Thanks for tuning in to Winwood Radio. This is Ian Trottier for Discussions of Truth.
watch deficits I erase I just want to be great You can check the stride in my pace Catch every dream that I chase I just want to be great Move Okay, and I am back And I have online uh, with me Jenny Laurent Jenny, can you hear me? I can hear you clear. Yeah. Fan fantastic. Jenny, uh, for, thanks for taking the time to join Winwood Radio and uh, discuss uh, a little bit about what you're doing uh, to bring awareness to the environment. Um, tell listeners uh, who you are, what you do. Okay, cool. So um, I'm 32 years old right now, and um, my, main, my main career right now is a personal development coach. I know a lot of people might have heard of Bob Proctor. He was in the movie The Secret. Um, but I actually went to college to be a nurse, and then I switched gears when I met my husband, who was an entrepreneur, and he's in construction, and then he's actually what got me into the energy industry. Um, and I also uh, recently wrote a number one best-selling book called Magnetic Love. Um, and other than doing, you know, some initiatives with solar, I, I design and sell solar systems both in the residential and commercial space. And then I work with um, other companies that do utility cost recovery and energy conservation as far as like saving on um, HVAC and refrigeration. So that's kind of what I do right now. And then, you know, I support my husband with, you know, his multiple different businesses. And, you know, we kind of have the Batman Robin relationship with everything. So uh, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. And I've done a little bit of professional bodybuilding and modeling in my day as well. So I like to keep it uh, varied. Maybe a cat, woman, and Batman uh, type scenario. Um, so yeah. uh, tell us, in, in, in the bodybuilding spectrum anyway, you've won awards, haven't you? I have. I've gotten um, three pro cards, and the, the categories are figure, physique, and then in bodybuilding. So I've competed at a pro level. I've gotten a couple of titles. Um, in 2016, I did retire from the stage just to you know have more balance in my life, but I still live the fit lifestyle. I just don't go on stage, so... Okay, so that brought a lot of fulfillment, I'm sure. And uh, you you had sponsors, I would assume. Absolutely, I you know I had multiple sponsors for suits, multiple sponsors from supplement companies, um, and it, it was really cool. You know, I've I've done some you know magazine writing and been on some magazines, and I I lived that life, and it was it did provide a lot of fulfillment, and it it did te teach me a lot about myself and about my body and about health, and uh, it was amazing, amazing experience. Excellent. So, and and at what point in time? Um, did you, now, now when you met your husband, of course, he kind of, it sounds like maybe he, uh, uh, opened the door to, to fo having you focus, um, on solar, but was there, was there a point in time, um, in your, in your, in your fitness career, perhaps where you began to think, oh, wait a second, you know, we, we, we've got an environmental crisis, uh, perhaps, or we have a need to speak out to promote awareness, um, for the environment. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I've i always been an advocate, like, since a young age, you know, there's Earth Days where they would actually have us, you know, go out and, you know, pick up bags of garbage. And so, you know, I, I do look around me and I, you know, I I understand that, like, the world we live in really controls our, our degree of health, you know, the quality of food that we put in our mouths, the air quality, you know, and, I, and I'm a big advocate of nature. I grew up, you know, playing in the dirt, tomboy. You know, and I, I just love nature and it just breaks my heart to see, you know, the oceans covered in plastics and people just throw stuff out of their cars. And, you know, just so that they have no idea, you know, how caustic to the environment, the brown electricity is, you know, and that we're, we're tapping out of the beautiful earth resources and she's starting to rebel, you know, um, and we're, we're eventually going to run out. But um, I, I would say, you know, I've, I've been aware of it. 
you know, and I've done my part to, you know, recycle and to do what I can in my limited capacity. And then, um, yeah, so it was, it was when I met my husband that he kind of opened me up into being an entrepreneur. And then, you know, um, he was in the energy space with a company and he's a solar engineer by trade and mechanical. And then I just decided, you know, I actually took on a role in sales doing something else. And then I kind of meandered into solar because I'm just very passionate about, you know, helping people do good for the environment, go green, and also be able to take advantage of some fi- financial incentives by the government. You know, so that's kind of what, what led me into it. But I've always considered myself to be very health conscious and earth conscious and very respectful of Mother Nature, you know, and, and just being inspired by the beauty all around us. It's free, you know. So what 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 is, in your opinion, what, what is the biggest threat to the environment? In, in your opinion, are you uh, are you privy to... Uh, greenhouse gases, smog levels. What would you say um, for listeners out there that, that maybe follow you and, and and really resonate with, okay, hey, here's a woman who's accomplished in the fitness world. She's taking uh, great care of her body and she's uh, she's she's saying she's saying, hey, wait a second, you know we've we've got to kind of come together and and focus on the environment. What would you say is the the biggest threat right now in your opinion? I mean, I would say partly my opinion, but partly statistics, because I was part of a company that actually helped um, offset carbon, you know, and and that's one of the companies we work for. It's a B Corp, and it's very environmentally friendly. And they were saying that travel is the biggest cause of carbon pollution right now. And I mean, I guess that's just one form of pollution. But if you realize, you know, like traveling with trains, with cars, with airplanes, you know, everything out there with the travel industry, it's it's a trillion-dollar industry there's a lot of stuff going on up there. And like I said, you know, it rains down on us. We breathe that in, it gets into our crops, our water supply, you know, it, it's just very damaging, you know, and it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's almost like an insidious silent killer because we can't see it, you know, but it is affecting us. You yeah, know? sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What is, what is the number one that in your opinion or in your, in your research? Oh, I know. I mean, I, I, I think the, the biggest thing we can do, is to alleviate ourselves off of the use of uh, oil, petroleum, gasoline-based products. I think that that's in my in my in my view, and, and from what I've read, that is that is the biggest thing. We can start with you know getting a hybrid, and uh, the, I'm yep. a big promoter, of course, of Tesla. Now I've had I, I've had some 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 kickback on that because of the battery, the the, the, the ingredients yeah. used in the batteries yep. and that sort of thing. But um, not biodegradable. Yeah, but I think that I think that the the, the I mean uh, the 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 hands that control the petroleum industry are primarily controlling global economics, and they're they're basically yeah. forcing it down or forcing it down our throat. And it's it's uh, yeah. After you, I'll have on uh, Doctor Soon, who's with the Harvard Smithsonian, who'll join, join the program in a few minutes, and he'll be discussing his research. And so he's he's actually he'll be taking a different approach. Uh, that 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 that, uh, uh, that goes around the carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, um, and it, it puts a little more uh, emphasis on 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 and actually sun um, as being a, the culprit. And so we'll get we'll get his as a scientist, we'll get his view uh, and, and research on that. But then let's let's kind of segue into for for the for the last uh, remaining uh, moment or so, let's segue into your. Um, your focus on the energy level in regards to in regards to solar, and maybe help close out uh, close out and tell listeners what you're doing uh, in in that industry to to help that grow. Yeah, so like I said, you know, we I'm part of a company. I'm based out in Massachusetts, so I do both residential and commercial solar, just trying to help people convert over, you know, as many people as I can reach because a lot of people just don't understand 
you know, that, that there's a huge return on the investment. Solar will pay for itself and it will pay you additional money, you know, in addition to that. Like I said, people like green in their pocket, but I like the green, you know, in the environment. Um, so it does it does a whole lot of good. And I think, you know, if anybody listening is in a state that's deregulated and allows solar, you know, um, to, to reach out and, and just ask about it and, and understand what it's all about. But um, like I said, there's also um, some technology that I work with a company called Madison Energy, and um, they have some some really unique refrigeration and HVAC energy saving technology, you know, to help not only people, again, save money, but conserve energy. So that's always helpful. And, and every little bit counts, you know, any, any person that we can meet that's doing their part, you know, Massachusetts is actually the most solar friendly state out there. Um, huge renewable energy target programs, huge incentives. They've come out to help people, you know, make it easier for them to convert and, and make it easy on the budget. Um, and it just makes so much sense. And there's a whole lot of good. And like I said, there's so there's only like they said, 1% of market penetration is actually has gone solar, you know, and the technology, you know, is, is getting better, but the incentives are declining the more and more people, you know, are, are taking advantage of it. So, you know, don't wait, take a look at it. You know, I'm, I'm happy if people reach out to me, even if they're not in my state, I'm happy to connect them to people I know because we have nationwide contacts. Um, but that's kind of my, my niche right now is both solar and energy conservation. And then whatever I can do to, you know, I do donate to, um, like I got scuba certified and there's a, um, a, like a nonprofit that helps with ocean cleanups. So through Patty, the ADI is where I get certified. So whatever I can do, whatever little bit we can all do collectively, will make a huge impact. You know. Excellent. And 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 Jenny, would you would you leave maybe a website or uh, some type of uh, information for listeners to uh, to 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 investigate further? Yeah. So my email is Jenny Lynn at jennylynn.com, and it's spelled J E N N I E L Y N N. So Jenny Lynn at jennylynn.com. Excellent. And I do respond to each and every email. So, Jenny, thanks for joining Winwood Radio and discussing your truth. We will be in touch with you uh, at a later point. Thanks again. Thanks, Ian, and thanks for all you do. Appreciate it. Jenny Laurent, uh, and she's, as, as you know, as you heard her, incredibly, uh, look, the fitness industry is very competitive and, 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 and for being, uh, being able to achieve the various statuses that she achieved, getting her pro cards and that sort of thing, I know is very difficult. It takes a lot of uh, focus and, and, and drive and passion. And then for her to also say, hey, wait, hold on a second. I've, I've got to come out and talk about, uh, you talk about the environment. We need to crunch down. And uh, she's uh, very, very, we're very grateful to have uh, somebody like her join the program. I will be right back with... Hal Shirtliff of Camp Constitution, and not to mention, not to forget to mention, Dr. Wayhawk Soon. Every mountain I face, watch deficits I embrace, I just want to be great.
I erase, I just want to be great Okay, and I am back, and I have online with us uh, co-founder of CampConstitution.net uh, and uh, also a scientist from the Harvard-Smithsonian, uh, Dr. Willie Soon. Uh, Hal and Willie, are you, with, are you with us? I'm here, uh, Ian. Thank you for having us. It's, it's, yes, uh, it's, I'm here. Okay, good. It's absolutely my pleasure. Uh, look, what, what, you, what, you, what the, two of you, the, the two of you represent is, in my opinion, ex- incredibly and extremely urgent for all Americans, and, and it becomes more more urgent uh, with every day. But let's let's get to the very foundation that brought the two of you together. And and and, and I want you to you correct me if I'm not am I wrong? But what you're basically doing, and I know that I know Willie, you, you're you're you talk about climate change, and then the two of you kind of encompass Agenda 21. And maybe this might be an answer for Hal to tackle. But the two of you kind of come together under. That umbrella of what is the U.S. Constitution? What does it mean for all of Americans, and why is it in crisis? So, either one of you can answer that, but maybe we want to start with Hal. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you, Ian. And uh, yeah, Willie and I—I I met Willie some years ago at the Harlan Institute's event in New York City. And at our camp, we teach not only do we teach the principles of the founders, uh, the moral values, the uh, Christian or Judeo-Christian history of our country but also the Constitution and the threats to the Constitution. And one of the biggest threats of the Constitution, well, the biggest one is the ignorance of, the, of that document. But then the second one is all of these attacks uh, at various levels. And one of the biggest challenges, I think, is this notion that there is man-made global warming or climate change and that we have to make spend billions of trillions of dollars uh, at the federal level, state level, and it's being implemented through something called Agenda 21. So... Our camp, and we have year-round activities, and we have a week-long camp, we not only teach the Constitution, but the threats to the Constitution and then solutions. And Willie uh, has been coming to camp for the last several years. He is He's a very humble guy, but I look at him as a, a, an international treasure. He is a patriot. He, he's a, a naturalized citizen who has a great love of this country. He and his family comes to camp, and we're just delighted we have him. And if you want to see his, some of his classes, you visit our YouTube channel, and you just, you know, Camp Constitution, and you, we have a playlist really soon, and you'll see his phenomenal classes. It just does a great job in a humor <laughs> explaining this, and he's a, he's a top scientist, so you're speaking to, you know, uh, lay people and young people, and he does an incredible job of translating that for us. Excellent. Thanks, Hal. For listeners, maybe kind of trying to conceptualize what you just said, it might be a little bit difficult, especially if they're not familiar with Agenda 21. And before we get to Dr. Soon, Hal, why did you start Camp Constitution? Well, I had been affiliated with another program that was a nationwide program, about six or seven camps, and it was they were canceled. So we thought this is too important. And uh, we and we got enough people together. So we're going to keep this going. And it started off as just a week long camp. And as time went on, we started a publishing arm. We have a radio show, which is not nearly as big as your show, but we do our best. And we have a YouTube channel. We have a speakers bureau, and some other things we do. Uh, we house the Sam Blumenfeld Archive. Sam, who was a pioneer in the homeschool movement, he authored numerous books and. He was one of the first people way back in the early 60s to point out the, prob- the reading problem, and it was deliberate. It wasn't something that was uh, just bad, you know, bad policy. 
And uh, we inherited his library, and we scanned a lot of his materials up there. Uh, some places for the at some point, some of it was for the first time. And last year, we got over two million views of his uh, uh, his his books, uh, how to how to teach reading properly, free downloads. Um, we got about two weeks worth of his audios and videos talking about dyslexia, how that was artificially created. Just an incredible amount of stuff. <clears throat> Thanks, Al. So uh, that's Go ahead. Yep, that's what we do. Okay, so Doctor Soon, let's let's let, let, let Let's get you. Let's get you to chime in here. Why is it that you've decided to partner with Hal here in Constitution? What do you see? And we'll get into the science in a minute here. But what do you see in regards to average everyday American life that might be in jeopardy? To where you are willing to put your name and your research and your credentials in parallel and online with uh, what Hal's doing at Camp Constitution? Okay, it's very simple. <laughs> There's no if or but about this. It's all pursuing the truth and the highest uh, pursuit of happiness and, and all that. The problem in, in the world that we live in now is that we are living in a very strange uh, culture. It just, uh, it, it's all a host of problems that I think is pretty much well known to your listener. But just to remind everybody about how crazy this, uh, this left is pushing this uh, global warming agenda. This Green New Deal they are proposing actually is going to cost everybody about $600,000 a year, every family, <laughs> if you can afford it, uh, things like that. I'm laughing because it seriously deluded these people. They're, I mean, not only that, I mean, it's based on a premise that is completely wrong and it can be proven using the standard method of science, which you can see is very, very clear by just proposing this, this option, that if you guys are so sure about your results and your scientific conclusion, this and that, why don't you come and debate us? That is one thing they would never do. And then my connection to how it's very, very simple. He's such a great person in the sense that he focused, I think he zoomed in on the right button that I, I always wanted to push, which is education of the young. And this is truly an educational process. It's not an indoctrination, clearly. I'm very, very conscious about that aspect because I constantly see the other side doing that. So I would never do the same. In the sense that even when I speak, I always tell them, never, never, ever believe in me. My whole purpose is try to guide you, be able to provide all the background information, and you have to struggle. Without struggle yourself, you will never achieve that true understanding. So in that sense, we are, we are, we are really, really fully prepared in the sense that we've got enough of a very, very eloquent speakers and, and keen mind who's able to really spread the wisdom from science to constitution to economics to any areas that is really important for our you know, average person's life in that sense, and to the sense that we won't be completely hoodwinked by every single one of them, right? I mean, it's clearly a battle. Is that clear? I don't want to make things so black and white, but it is a black and white issue. Okay. When they are really, really trying to come in and tell us that you can actually buy carbon, uh, sugar without carbon. I mean, these people are really crazy in that sense. So it, sound, it sounds to me, it sounds to me, of course, you, 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 Agenda 21 is, is a United Nations program, and we know that United Nations sits uh, right there below Murray Hill in, in Manhattan, yes. uh, donated by the Rockefeller, <laughs> Rockefeller family. That's I don't know correct. if it's foundation yeah. or family. It was, we, we take that. But it sounds like what Dr. Soon is saying is that the cli- whole climate change, if you kind of conceptualize or, or put that in a capsule, climate change, it's being used by the powers that maybe writing, engineering, Agenda 21 that's somehow associated with the United Nations, 
and it and, and climate change is being used to uh, attack the U.S. Constitution. It, would that be accurate? That's accurate. Yes. In fact, that's correct. On agenda Agenda Twenty One. There was a meeting in Rio de Janeiro in June of 1992, and there were people, representatives from nations all over the world. It was a UN-sponsored event. Uh, Maurice Strong was known as the daddy or granddaddy of the uh, of this um, Agenda 21. He was a Canadian billionaire oil man. By the way, I'm not against billionaires. It's what they do with the billions that I have a problem with and how they made it. And uh, he gave a speech at this event, and he said, I had a friend of mine that was a journalist that was there to report on it. He was one of the few patriotic conservative journalists that was there. And Maurice Strong said the biggest threat to the world is the American middle class. And the biggest threat, Mm -hmm. it's because of our consumption patterns for us, uh, single-family homes, internal combustion engines, vacations. In fact, if you live in New England, you vacation in the wintertime to Florida. Uh, and I know you guys come up here in the summertime. <laughs> so these are, all, these are all terribly unsustainable, and that's what makes us an awful threat. So many of the Agenda 21 policies are being implemented in the United States. It's being implemented all over the world, but it tends to be more focused in the United States. In practically every single town, city, county, uh, state is implementing it to some extent. And there's been a lot of pushback, and the there's several pillars of this uh, Agenda 21. One of them is the threat of climate change, global warming, the sea levels rising, and also the notion of overpopulation. And we don't have a population problem. We have a, we have a socialist problem, and that's why you might see some countries like Venezuela, they're, they're eating their cats and dogs, not because there, there isn't any food there. It's because you have a socialist policy. So that's, um, and that's an important issue. And I've been focusing on this actually from 1992 on, but the last five or six years, there's been a lot more interest as people see it unfolding. They look and see, what, what's this bike path on this narrow, dangerous road? It's already dangerous for cars, and now you have bike paths on this thing. Why do you have this beautiful field? Now it's full of these ugly solar panels. What happened to that nice view? You don't have too many mountains in uh, Florida. I think uh, they're called speed bumps, right? But we have hills. We have rolling hills. Sandbars. And, uh, sandbars, that's right. <laughs> Uh, and now you see wind turbines all over the place. You say, what's going on? What's, what's all this about? And you see our classes, the kids are coming back. We only had 12 years to live. My parents are fascists because they have a car and they use air conditioning. <laughs> and this is and not only that, but the children are now used as lobbyists to actually lobby at the state level, at the federal level. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, you see the people like always, uh, o, OAC, o, AOC, forgive me, AOC. She's a symptom of this government schools that promote this garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Parkland, the, the, Parkland, the Parkland kids came out and uh, were lobbying against uh, uh, gun rights. Um, okay, so so, but let's 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 bring it back a little bit and 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 let's just let, let let's look at this. Okay, what is Agenda Twenty One? What is that? Well, uh, Willie, do you want to handle that one or I handle that? No, no I think it's better you handle that. Yeah, but no. Okay, well, right. it was. Um, I can't, this Agenda 21 was launched, and uh, it was in, introduced to the world in 1992 at this meeting. There was also the uh, climate uh, global warming protocols and the biodiversity treaty. Thankfully, that was stopped. It's a 40-chapter document, and um, you can find it online. And it was supposed to be it's a what they call a non-binding or soft law, which makes it more dangerous. So. George, George W. Bush signed it, and he said he took it back to the United States. He said, we're going to implement it. Now, there's chapters 
on you, every conceivable thing from, from women to uh, education to fishing to farming to medicine to population resettlement mm-hmm. and population control uh, uh, and on and on. Common Core, by the way, is an integral part. I think it's Chapter 36. So yes. Bush comes home, and Bush was a big advocate. He was a big advocate of what he called the New World Order. You can actually find that video on YouTube calling, saying it's a U.S. invasion yeah. by its founders. So, so he he didn't get reelected. So Bill Clinton, who was with the same mindset in most issues, he hires the American Planning Association to say, take this 40 chapters and put it in a format that we can implement it at, at the federal level. And they did. Uh, it was called Torch of Sustainable America, which you can find as a free download, I think. And this one had eight, eight, uh, eight, uh, eight policies, and one of them was not just population um, stabilization in the United States, but around the world. That's a key thing. And say, my constitution, the, the copies that we make available to people, doesn't have anything about population stabilization in 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 the uh, in the constitution. So uh, and then um, so every federal department from the uh, HUD and HUD is one of the Housing and Urban Development and the EPA. These are the two of the biggest entities promoting it. And then states got then states started promoting promoting it. And some states like Massachusetts, they have what they call green communities. And HUD, HUD will circumvent the state capitals and go right to the small little rural towns and say, hey, we have some money. Let's have a a, a visionary session and let's start planning to implement this. And they don't like to use the word agenda or the term agenda 21 anymore. It's been too. So they'll use sustainable development. They're now using the term vision 2030 or anything. Mm -hmm. So when, when things get too controversial, they, they they rebrand and re, re, rename things, but it, you can all you can see the implementation. You know, it's like a mechanic. You know, know what a car? You, you know your car. You're driving a car and it makes funny noises. You say a mechanic says, "Well, that's this, so that's that." We as mecha- constitutional mechanics, you know, we know when something's not right, and when we see certain things, say, "This is what happened to this little single family home. Somebody sold it, and now there's 50 units there. You know, stack them and pack them is what we refer to them." Uh, and so they want to create these dense cities, and uh, and at the rural areas, mm. you'll go to a rural area and say, "See what happened to that house has been torn down," and you know you see building stores and storefronts. And Northern Maine is uh, Arista County is an example of that too. You know this beautiful wilderness, they want to turn it into a big park, and the population has dwindled from 110,000 to 70,000, and so forth. Wow. And so so that's sort of the plan, and it's a long term plan. And I know some people will think, you know, oh, what, you know, it's a UN. The UN is going to come and take me away. It doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one dear lady on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. She's all worried about it. I said, look, your house, they're not going to come and drag you out of the house in the middle of the night. I said, what they're going to do is the guy's going to sell a house next door to you and two doors down. They're going to flatten those out. They're going to put a multi-unit. And no, you no longer have that nice middle class, you know, that nice single-family neighborhood. So you sell and you move someplace. So I said, that's how it works here. In China, it's a different story. And there's some exceptions, like what happened out in Nevada at the at the ranch. You know, there's some exceptions where they, they show their heavy hand. But for the most part, it's a silently being implemented quietly. You know, in my neighborhood in Boston, you'll see this around commuter rail stations or where there's transportation hubs. You'll see this, I call it the neo-Soviet architecture. You know, they'll take this beautiful old colonial home and, you know, Victorian style, they'll tear it down and 
Next thing you know, there's eight townhouses, and there might be stores on the first level, and very little parking because the idea is to get the get you out, get you out of the car yeah. and onto the public transportation. So, Doctor Soon, uh, you're yes. you're quoted. The quote is: "The evidence in the paper, in my paper, is consistent with the hypothesis that the sun causes climate change in the Arctic." It invalidates the hypothesis that CO2 is a major cause of observed climate change. How, how, is, how is that received, Dr. Soon? I mean, that's like going against, uh, that's going against the, the, what, what mainstream is saying. You're saying, you're saying the opposite thing. How, how, how is that being received? Well, it depends, right? I mean, clearly that now, unfortunately, has been so polarized that uh, they have, uh, and, and remember, uh, uh, science, it just doesn't matter who you are or, or, or how many billions of people agree. All it does, it takes one person with the right evidence, and that's enough to, to solidify the position or, or the, the conclusion. And so it has been, I, I would say, that of course, there are many, many truth seekers around our world. Either they're visible or activists or not activists. Most people are very passive in that sense. This is why part of the reason why I want to get on the radio to tell people to be more proactive. Learn some stuff from us. Take anything you want. We'll provide any background necessary for you to learn. And then you go speak out in your own community. This is the only way we can really achieve some kind of balance back. And it, I would say, yes, well received, of course. We, people who seek the truth will always want to, to do that because all it takes is just a few questions within the IP, that you challenge the IPCC paradigm. You will quickly hit the, uh, your head on the, on the, on the, on the, on the block. That you, you're just bleeding because you know why? Because they will not answer questions. They will not share the data they use. They will not do all this anti-scientific stuff. You know, never ever the science can be conducted in such a manner. It's all been done by them. Million times and billion times over censorship, trying to play all these political games uh, behind the background, you know, like instead of a peer review system, it's called PAL review system because they are patting on each other in terms of the funding, in terms of what have you. It does take a very, very strong mind and strong ability to be able to hang on to this. I've been hanging on since 1991, so close to 30 years. And many of my colleagues who are what I would say very high caliber type. They are all basically retired professors of physics and all kinds of areas that everybody now realizes that this is really fight for the future in some sense. And, and it's really crazy in, in the way that, that is being you know, mismanipulated right now. Uh, yeah, the message of Sun being that is, you know, why? It doesn't need to be received or what? It just simply shows the evidence. In fact, one of my good friends, Joe Bastardi, a uh, 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 weather forecaster, uh, just just uh, tweeted around uh, two graphs that I show in Canada that I last month I think in Canada in Calgary, where where it clearly showed the evidence, the best evidence in the very honest way, and then immediately you can see the Twitter army from the IP, IPCC uh, religion school, where they say, oh this guy is trying to hide this and hide that, but they refuse to even listen to what my talk say. My talk show both sides. Showing how the IPCC is actually manipulating, showing you a graph that doesn't have any sun and this relationship. And I show them that both of the lines that they show in the graph are all wrong. And then I show them a more correct one. And that's how you, you show science. You never hide evidence. You never do all this kind of uh, what you call childish stuff, in my view. And, and, but, but the proper framework is basically anti-scientific work. And 
this is why I would never be afraid of them. In fact, they can say all they want. Of course, I just cannot be out there and just, just replying to every single question. But the problem is that when the push comes to serve, let's, again, invite them to a proper debate. We've been trying to do that, by the way, for many, many years. We try to challenge our to debate, you know, through my good friend, Lord Moncton, who's also actually will be speaking at the camp and uh, things like that. So we, we have done everything we can, Ian. Okay, so are you familiar with what Dane Wigington is doing at geoengineeringwatch.com? Hal, have you heard of that? Uh, yes, I'm familiar with it. I'm not that familiar with it. I did see Ed Griffin's documentary when it first came out a number of years ago. Okay, so so how much of this how much of how much of this uh, climate change is being caused by the deliberate Geoengineering, which where, where, where NASA NASA has come out and said, yes, we we are emitting particles into the environment to help combat the the, the climate change. What's your comment on that? Oh, I think I should have let him. Is, my yeah. comment is that it does take evidence to show this sort of thing. Uh, the, all the stuff that I actually sort of heard of this person, and then I look into it, and uh, my conclusion is that you know. It's the problem in, in, in a lot of life is basically what are we looking for? Are we looking for half truth or half life or anything? We're, we're not even looking for 90% uh, truth. We're looking for 100% truth. This is the problem. The problem is a lot of the stuff they're talking about in terms of human able, ability to control thunderstorm and do all that. We are really cannot do that. We don't have the, standard, the ability yet, even though we can create a nuclear bomb, right? And and the energy, the amount of energy required to do some of those things are really huge. And there's no way we can tap into that forces. But this is why it requires a stronger evidence than just simply saying that uh, the, there are such things like uh, cantrail and all those, all those other right. phenomena that people claim they see. I have to stick to the science in the sense that if they really show the evidence to me, I actually have looked into it. I've, I've always will give them benefit of the doubt. No doubt, no problem about that. But the problem is also I have only a certain amount of time to study so many things. Mm-hmm. And I really realized that it quickly turned into a lot of this sort of a conspiracy theory, which is not a very good thing in some sense. But but I, we have to remind people. People think that we are crazy when we talk about UN uh, Agenda 21. It is not a conspiracy. Oh. That one is a fact. That one, is, that one is the crazy things that they've been doing it over, you know, 30, 40 years now, as you can imagine. And that thing has to be defeated in that sense or more, you know, spread. The news ought to be spread to more people to hear about this. This crazy stuff is, is, is coming to us. Hal, why, why don't you take a moment and chime in here with your thoughts? Oh, uh, well, I, I, when it comes to geoengineering, sure. I'm not an expert on that aspect, so I would leave it to the scientists like Willie Soon. Um, and is, I guess I'm familiar with it. I personally don't think it's as wide scale. I would say maybe on a small scale uh, they're doing it, but um, uh, that's something that we don't um, – again, I defer that to the scientists and we 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 have some top scientists, Lord Moncton and Professor Soon and uh, um, James Morrison too. So I kind of leave it to them, uh, you know, on that one. By the way, to make it yeah. easy to understand, let me state one fact. One 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 fact. One of the goals that humans want to do, right? Doesn't matter who you are, Arabs and Israelis and all that. But Israelis turns out to be the only group that is funding the money to try to right. make cloud seeding. Okay. And that idea has existed since 1950s by GEs and a bunch of those guys. Kurt Vonnegut's brother, by the way, but not Vonnegut. I happened to met that person before he died. But I, I actually look into a lot of these things. 
in in some sense, I speak with certain certain uh, uh, ability that I've studied some of this issue. But the bottom line is, after all these years of trying, just to say that okay, if we are in drought, can we make more rain to do right, this? Right? right. The problem is, it has not been proven successfully that what we do in terms of let's say either throw the silver 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 iodides and things like that to at the seeding, it never successfully sort of produced the effect. That's the problem. That's why I'm trying to tell you, something as simple as trying to make a rain in, let's say, a certain area, you know, like, a, a, don't even need to talk about Boston, just even the town of Bo- Salem, for example, where I live, it's it just not been successful. Or else you know why. I mean, it will, be, it will be really, really very powerful technology, isn't it? The Israelis would be already selling this technology to some, some places. I'm just trying to ask you to think about such a simple Thing that if we want to do, if we cannot even do that, I mean, come on, you know, it's much harder to try to say you want to control, control many other stuff. It's just a very difficult thing. The only thing we can control, obviously, build a home and avoid all those weather, you know, yeah. this, this uh, crazy weather. That's all we can do. Okay, so Dr. Soon, um, again, climate change is, is real. You're, you're not suggesting that it's, are, are you suggesting that it's perhaps dramatized? It's, it's yeah, no, yes, it's highly exaggerated. The the role of carbon dioxide in the climate system is completely, uh, what you call, it's uh, like comparing the fluff of the honeybee, the flight of the honey with the sunlight energy. That's just crazy because it's a very tiny amount that this carbon dioxide can add or uh, change the energy flow in the climate system. Whereas the sun is actually the whole gorilla in the whole system. And this is this is the kind of uh, analogy that is very accurate even to numbers because science is a it's about numbers right it's about the energy the amount of energy that is involved so the carbon dioxide is clearly would add some warmth if we were to increase but but there's another layer of question is warm doesn't mean that it's going to be bad also isn't it but the the whole problem in this IPCC paradigm the intergovernmental panel on climate change which is the branch of this United Nations program right is basically to insist that this carbon dioxide is the driver of the climate system. Right, right. I actually have the privilege of, of uh, pushing Al Gore the simple question like, like I imagine you would want to ask too mm-hmm. in front of a, a distinguished audience, let's say, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And ask him, you know, okay, even if I don't want to quarrel with you about this, I'm a scientist, I know the CO2 will not be able to warm the globe up and down if you just add more carbon dioxide. But I just ask him, so... Would you tell us what are we going to get if we were to cut the carbon dioxide, mm. right? Right. And he won't answer. He won't answer. Interesting. He won't because you know why? There's just no scientific document unless in their computer model, which is all fake. I mean, worse than fake news. These are really, really completely made up stuff, okay? And and they won't be able to show that. They won't be able to give that. Con- because you know why? The best thing is to get El God to say that, okay, There'll be more polar bear, there'll be less hurricane, there'll be this and that, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or you can see the AOC is already walking back on the 12 years claim. She already, <laughs> te- uh, this Monday, she was saying, oh, you know, I was just joking, it's tongue and cheek. This Republican, they're all conspiracy people who try to really get me trapped and all that stuff. Because all it takes is another 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll wait here. I really will wait and sit very still for, for this AOC to come through, you know? So, so why? You people are just really... Why? Why Sorry, is? Can I interject? Yes, I you interject may. Yes. Here? Uh, <clears throat> we had a publishing arm in, uh, about four or five years ago. We put something back in print. It was published by Noah Webster, the guy who gave us the English, the American Dictionary, in 1810. It was called on the supposed change of climate in winter, where he argued scientifically 
that there was no, uh, the winters were not warming in spite of the fact that certain animals were found further north. And Thomas Jefferson was one of those uh, men, at that time vice president, that, yeah, we're having, we're having climate change. And they thought it was a good thing. And Noah Webster didn't think it was a bad thing, but he said, no, he said, we've had warm winters here. He looked at the Old Testament. He looked at the diaries of farmers, and he looked at historical events like the Battle of uh, Lexington and Concord, where it was in the low 70s. This year, I think it was in the 40s and low 50s when, they, when I was at the reenactment. And so um, he said there's been mild winters and there's been cold winters, but there's been no changes. And we live in a climate zone. We live in, uh, it's called humid continental. And I bet you most people who, oh, climate change, ask them what, what temperate zone they're in, and they will have no idea. Mm-hmm. So you, you're in the tropics or subtropics, depending on what part of Florida you are. And I will guarantee you, you know, next year we're going to have, we're going to have uh, this year, winter will be cold, and we're going to have a month. We may have a damp, uh, uh, I should say, a humid summer. This this May we've had a. By the way, uh, Hal, if no. I may interject, just to give sure. the readers a, a simple numbers to remember, there, a lot of study has been conducted to try to study whether warm is more beneficial or cold beneficial. The ratio of benefits of warm versus cold is actually about one to ten or one to twenty, which means wow. cold death. There's a lot more cold death than actually warm death. Okay. So there are a lot of statistics out there, but the number, the ratio is 1 to 10, 1 to 20. Which one would you prefer? I mean, oh, that's I'm right. sorry, you know, this, this is very obvious kind of stuff and other stuff that what, what we would call fact. I mean, these people don't want to discuss that. They keep playing the game with the numbers. They keep trying to confuse people with the real fundamental fact okay, that so, warm is more beneficial. So, so Dr. Soon, why is that happening? Why, why are those numbers being manipulated? You know, come on, Ian. I mean, it's the same thing as you asked the question of why did the UN Agenda 21 got created in the first place. It's about control, isn't it? I mean, in my view, these people are really, really trying to control. They have a certain viewpoint. In fact, I would say that they are not even a, a true socialist in some sense because those people never believed in sharing, isn't it? It's about the hierarchy. <laughs> They, they, they really tell you that you all should take a bus and public transportation while I take my jet flying to, to uh, Davos, okay? Right, right, right. Okay, so, the okay, kind of, I, yeah. don't, I don't believe in the politics of envy, but I have to tell you, the reality is that Leo DiCaprio, El Gore, and a bunch of these people, even El Gore occasionally takes some uh, commercial flight now, but big deal, okay? Go and try to take in the economy class, El Gore, and i like to see you do that mm-hmm. more often. In fact, every single time as consistent as possible, just like most of us have to do. Okay, I mean, so, I don't care who yeah. you are, but you are the one that is pro- promoting this nonsense, actually. This is the kind of stuff that I think normal people should be able to tell him back. I mean, don't be afraid of him because he's just a nobody. He's just a crazy guy who actually wanted to <laughs> manipulate people at all times. That's the whole problem. And uh, I don't think we should take any moral or ethical uh, uh, inferiority. <laughs> With him, this is part of the problem. They they ain't seen nothing yet. Put it this way: if they're gonna keep manipulating, we're just gonna keep telling the truth. That's the only way I know how to battle this evil. In some sense, of course, they can try to kill me. They can try to do all this other stuff. I mean, there are stuff like that where there are all kinds of crazy people, okay, giving threats and giving all this because they keep claiming that we are the one that try to uh, threaten them with all this bad stuff, you know. Uh, but they, I, I truly believe that those guys are capable. Of this, but in some sense, but that is not going to scare some of us too. You know, too bad, really. Hal, you have some, you have some words on that. Oh yes, um, uh, I think I think what we have to do, 
In fact, the, the people on the left are a little, I think they're running scared because I think there was a survey taken recently and it listed the, the most problems that there are in the world. And I think climate change was 19 out of the 20. So I think they're losing the momentum. And even in left-wing states like Maine just became a uh, you know, Democrat majority, when they tried to pass the climate or the uh, carbon tax, it was soundly defeated. Even the sponsor was afraid to show up. So uh, I think that we just have to keep this momentum. You know, we get Willie Soon's videos on our YouTube channel, and these people will come in and say, oh, he's a fraud, he's a liar, he's getting big money from oil and all this kind of stuff. And I say, well, debate him. And they don't want to debate them. <laughs> they and I said, I said, what are you afraid of? You know, if we're just so 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 ridiculous, like we're lying, what's the big deal? You know, well, it would be easily dismissed. But more and more people are buying. And I think it was uh, Willie's former colleague, the recently retired um, Professor Linson. When I heard him speak at um, at this, uh, he was an MIT professor. He was one of the earliest climate realists, I call him. And he mm-hmm. said, we have two things in our favor. We have the truth, and we have nature herself, Mother Nature. Uh-huh. So when we get this bad weather, uh, wait a minute, that was climate change. It's been in the 40s here in Boston when it should be in the low 60s and 70s. We've had snow in western Massachusetts for the first time in years. We've had record cold in the Midwest, record cold in northern Maine, and so forth. So I think people are going to have trouble buying into this stuff if, uh, if this trend continues. So, uh, Willie, has the wool been pulled over the American middle class? Has it been pulled, o- pulled over their eyes? Are they walking blindly? Unfortunately, I think so, because uh, there are still a large number of those people. By the way, it's also because of the educational system in some sense. This is why we, I immediately recognize that this camp consider is something that I really want to put on my heart and soul into, to try to do as much as I can. Even if I don't have to speak, I really don't care about things like this. I will recommend whatever the best person on any topics to help uh, help. And in fact, one of my friends in Wisconsin wanted to start similar camp. So we want to encourage everybody to take some initiative. Please, you know, come on, watch your own community. That's how we can do it. That's and, right. Uh, yes, we've been we've been really, and uh, it's partly the educational issues. I mean, in school, every single day you see them talking about this. Not only that, these days they got very aggressive. They won't even allow a debate also in, in classroom, for example. And, uh, and they just provide a one-sided view on challenge and so on and so forth because they have the full control of this. This is why I think another issue that uh, Hal, I think Hal is the expert on the Constitution. There's no part in the Constitution say the government should be in charge of our education, right? This is a pure that's nonsense that's that they are doing that. They're really corrupting all of our kids, and really we must not allow that. But this is part how it's a social engineering, right? Come on, they've been really, really eroding the, the value of families, religion, and education, and so on and so forth. No wonder you have a bunch of these zombies running around, right? Basically, essentially, unable to, to really, really try to even, or, or become too lazy, actually, to, to try to even put out their own argument, try to understand the issue, and ask, if they say global warming, excuse me, can I look at some of the data you claim that you that have such a evidence? I mean, show that. I mean, even when an uh, ice uh, glacier melts, why? The ice cannot melt? What, what do you mean by that? I mean, things like that. They, they begin to make everybody so numb and sea level. They, they treat the whole uh, ocean like a, like a bathtub, you know? And then, but the whole earth is a very dynamic places. I mean, 
the more I learn, the more fascinating I become about how dynamic the whole Earth is. For example, I found out that you don't need Antarctic and Greenland ice sheets to, to have sea level rise. You don't need them. In fact, during a time in which there was no ice sheets, the sea level could change by 80 meters, which is almost like multiplied by three, that's 200, uh, you know, 200 feet, okay? And, and it tells you the system really have many, many places to, to do this where, oh, believe me, none of this actually ever was considered in, in, in their climate models and the way that they represent the Earth system because it's simply too complex. And that is part of the problem that the whole... Earth system is so complex that they treat it like a toy model. In fact, that's a, that's a key word in, in, in science paper also. You, you call those toy model. You're not to believe this model. Just to remind yourself, this is just a toy. Okay? And, and unfortunately, the policymaker, with that kind of collusion, pushing a lot of these uh, so-called scientists who actually are... Lo even though I cannot blame that they are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are deliberately cheating, but it's so easy to be trapped into that mindset, to say that, you know, uh, maybe, you know, maybe some of my model is correct, maybe this and that, and, and they keep pushing them. So the scientists to exaggerate one way after another, and then they all started to gang together. They wouldn't accept any alternative explanation. For example, just a simple viewpoint on, on the solar versus carbon dioxide. I have published so many papers just as much as they have published, and then what they do? They just ignore you. They never cite you. For example, I'll give you an example of what I've done, okay? Throughout my career, uh, in the second, uh, the second and the third uh, IPCC assessment, which is 96 and 2001, all my work were very, uh, what you call referenced and cited very properly by the United Nations IPCC report. This is the fact that actually nobody can take it away because it was in the report. And, and of course, people will hate that. And then after 2001, there's no more reference to Willie Soon's book whatsoever. I got erased okay. from the history in some sense. But, but yeah, yeah, because, because you know why? Because I keep making the same statement I've been making because I found stronger and stronger evidence and they just simply saying that, wow, you know, that, that cannot be true. So we're not going to cite him. And, and then they say that they provide fair and balanced uh, review of the literature, scientific literature. This is baloney. I mean, this is the worst kind of a delusion, actually. And, and unfortunately, it's UN IPCC is just a platform for those politicians to manipulate even more people. And then they just keep talking about all the... It's just un, you know, the point is that it's becoming so bad that all the world's national academies, including the United States uh, National Academy of Science, which was founded by Abraham Lincoln. I, I mean, I have a fond statement that I make now, often enough in, during my speech, where I say that if you think that the United States National Academy of Science is only 90% or 99% corrupted. You are absolutely wrong because it's 100% corrupted. This is how bad they are, okay? Because you know why? It, the whole purpose of that whole body has been completely hijacked by these activist uh, kind of scientists who actually, day in, day out, I think they go to the office. Instead of pursuing science the most natural way by asking basic questions and attempt to, to find evidence, measurements, through theoretical work, to all kinds of work. No, 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 no. They're only trying to say that is to study the impact. This is why, you know, in, in all these studies about climate change, you guys want to know what they are doing in their computer models? They actually never consider the season. Do you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how they play the game. They, they play the game by, by subtracting the seasonal cycles out. And then they say, wow, now I'm going to look at it as a difference between 
150 years to the next 50 years and look at the small difference. Who is That's they? That's basically what they're doing. Who's they? You, you say they. Who is that? The IPCC. The IPCC and uh, all those all those government favorite scientists who actually uh, include get all their funding from NASA, National Science Foundation. Uh-huh. By the way, I do have to declare that uh, in I used to get a lot of those funding from the United States Air Force from all kinds of sources of funding. Uh-huh. But by 2004... I guess I'm a, I'm a strict uh, constitutionalist. <laughs> I read too much in this that I decided that it's immoral to take money from, from taxpayer. Ah, By the way, it's not government, good, it's from the taxpayer. So I stopped taking money from government. I only got my funding sources to any private foundation or oil company. It doesn't matter who you are. It's Greenpeace. Oh, Greenpeace, by all means. Please give me money if you want to. But you know what? <laughs> you ain't going to tell me what to say. That's it. That's the rule of science. Good. Okay. Uh, have either one of you heard of Charlotte Eiserbit? You're talking about uh, education, former Reagan official, Department of Education. Charlotte's a, she's an old friend. I first met her in 1990 in her home in Bath, Maine. I interviewed her uh, a couple of years ago in her home, where she's a little bit north of Bath, uh, on the skull and bones issue, her father and grandfather. So, yeah, she's an old friend. I'm very familiar with Charlotte. Excellent. Good. Good to hear. Al. Okay. So let's get let's let's as we as we, as we wind down uh, as we wind down our time. Let's get down into a little bit of the nuts and bolts here because the uh, the over dramatized agenda here is 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 only padding uh, a certain people's coffers, if you will. It's supporting. Uh, it's supporting Agenda 21, right? And so the Green Mafia. I call it yeah. the Green Mafia. The Green Mafia. Okay, so 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 who who is this? Who is that? Who who can <laughs> listeners who can listeners start to kind of not to point fingers here, but maybe you want to point a finger, Doctor Soon or Hal. Maybe maybe you maybe you're comfortable pointing <clears throat> fingers. If you're gonna point fingers, who are you gonna point fingers to? Who can people? Who can the Americans go after? to help preserve that document that gives them freedom and justice and liberty more than any other document written on, written in, in mankind that, that we know of. Well, we can, we can point the fingers at certain politicians, you know, the Al Gore's of the world and people like George Soros, but we have to pick, point the finger at ourselves because I'm saying it's not as individuals, but we are not doing enough to, uh, and we're not even involved locally. So we can point to DC, but the battle could be in your own town. And, We've had some of our best success stories are not getting bills defeated in Congress, but getting policies changed at the town level. And that's where it begins. As much as I just disliked his memory, uh, Tip Tip O'Neill said all politics is local. And the left is very active at local politics. Well, we're, you know, bringing our kids to soccer and baseball and working two jobs. They are in our town halls. They're in our um, they're in our various committees and they're in the. Uh, environmental entities at the at the town level, they're they're planning commissions, and that's where it's been implemented. So that's where we the fight is in many respects. So we can point fingers at people, but we got to point them at ourselves. We have an obligation to learn about this and then take action. And we're an organization. We are an activist-minded organization. We'll be happy to you know even I'd be happy to travel to Florida. Uh, maybe Willie is, depending on his schedule, to help people understand this and what they can do. At the very least, we have a network of people all over the country. If you're, in, if you want to do something about it, and you contact us, we can put you in touch with people locally. I want to do recommend our friend and colleague Tom Deweese of the American Policy Center, APC.org, as a great resource. 
So uh, there's things you can do. And again, we can name names. And I, I mentioned Al Gore. You could look at guys like John Kerry. You could look at the guy making money off the solar panels and off the wind turbines, Solyndra and companies like that. But let's look at ourselves. If we're not willing to take a step step up the plate, then we have ourselves to blame. Well said. Thank you, Hal. Uh, uh, Dr. Thank Soon. Thank you. Dr. Soon, do you have... Do you have any comments as it regards to uh, you know the the, the culprit uh, who's who's uh, who, who 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 would you suggest listeners start to investigate? Well, again, I also don't want to point too much fingers, but I wanted to say that we have to keep positive. I mean, you cannot stop people from lying. You can only not to receive the 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 false messages, right? I mean, that's why we have to only provide the truth or else it will be just like them. I mean, one of the obvious mm-hmm. one is uh, one thing that we all should remember is that all these corporate, big corporates, this Apple, this ExxonMobil, they're not your friend. Mm-hmm. They are the one, they're actually among the worst offender also. For example, my friend, good friend, Steve Malloy, which is another guy that worthy of reading, okay? He put out just a message today. Uh, it basically saying that ExxonMobil by the way, ExxonMobil used to give me money, obviously, a little money, a small amount every year for doing specific scientific research. But then you you can see what they are all about. They are putting out 3.0 billion, according to the statement by my friend. The title is basically, ExxonMobil produces 3.8 million barrels of climate disinformation a day. That's basically what they are, <laughs> because now they are claiming, they are claiming that they, they are so, quote-unquote, corporate responsible. This is where they all started in that false path of uh, of actually demonizing their own products. I mean, come on, gasoline is a good product. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs to use it. If we do find out that this emission of the carbon dioxide is dangerous to to huge aspect or some aspect, public aspect of, of human life, then I would say we'll do something about it. So the problem is that many, many of us have been studying this for decades to decades. Right. We are just honestly could not find anything wrong with it. By the way, that's one fact that I should repeat. No one has been able to find this quote-unquote negative impact of the rising carbon dioxide to the climate system because we can't find it in the temperature record. We can't find it in storm and so on and so forth. Those are all fake claims. But the only thing we are able to find now is basically the greening of the planet. That's been documented by NASA uh, observation. Most of the planet region has been greener yes. over the last 30 years or so. I mean, unfortunately, this is the kind of stuff they refuse to tell people straight off. This is actually a straight fact. I wouldn't say that this is even if or bad kind of stuff. Oh, it's not true, that kind of thing. No, it has been greening the planet from the rising carbon dioxide. This is why it's just so sad that one could not even get to the common path. This is why our enemy is really a very evil group, by the way. So to defeat an enemy, I have to say that we cannot play nice, obviously. So naming them is fine. There are plenty of them around, by the way. You just look around anybody, even in your school teacher who insists on this uh, carbon dioxide being bad. Is that, Let's talk to him. Ask him why. They will not be able to come up with any reasonable argument. That's the whole point. The only thing is all about emotion. Well, I feel like it. Okay, sorry, sign doesn't work that way. You feel like it, go ahead, stay in your house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you just don't tell other people not to use car and all that. Want to charge them more taxes. I mean, all those taxes are very regressive. It's making poor people poorer. In fact, kill them, actually. I'm sorry, it's not even picking mm-hmm. poorer. Poorer is, 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 is just a mental state. You actually kill people, okay? I kill a lot of those poor people. 
who have no clean sanitation, who have no all this other simple stuff. I used to very, make a very strong statement even on guys like Bill Gates who thinks that they're doing good things. They tell people to use this, what you call, $100 computer. I say, Bill Gates, why don't you give them all Microsoft products free? Hey, what are you talking about, man? Why are Africans need to use $100 computer? You can use the, the best computer you can possibly get. I don't buy that kind of argument. If you really believe in true humanities and that kind of fairness, you just do it all the way. You don't make that presumption that you have such a high moral authority to tell them to do some lesser product. And then especially from stopping them from developing like World Bank is another one of the biggest offenders, right? Stop many of this project in, in the rest of the world. No hydro dam, uh, no, no hydro, you know, building hydro dam to generate electricity. Sure. They won't allow those certain projects to pass through simply because they don't buy into the green doctrine. Uh, this morning, I just read another story on, on basically the EU is so sick that they worry about managing their plastic waste. But the problem is that, you know what, this agenda has gone so crazy that they don't even want incineration. Waste incineration has been reduced because they believe in plastic recycling, guys. This is how bad it is. I mean, this is public health problem, actually. It could, it could lead to. And these people are crazy, actually, in that sense. And then we're still letting them telling us what to do. It's just so sad that the mass public has been so brainwashed that we, they are unable to even accept our message. In some sense, I need to calm down a little bit. So thank you, Rian, and, and of course, Hale, for, for doing all you can. And then, believe me, I will be there. I will do what I can. And, you know, if there is any call to duty, I consider this the highest honor and duty, I will do it. You know what I'm saying? And and please let's keep going. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Very, thank you very much. Let's take a, take a brief moment, Hal, and why don't you, why don't you close out for for the three of us and, and leave listeners with some final thoughts. Well, um, yes, thank you, and I do appreciate the interview. And uh, Willie's a tough act to follow, by the way. But um, I think it's important for us. We have we have our founders expected us to be vigilant, and we let them down. So it's our job to have an understanding of the Constitution, to pass that understanding off to our children, to our neighbors, to our friends, to those in our workforce, to those who are employees, etc., and the threats of the Constitution. And that's really, I think, the biggest problem we face. It's just this total ignorance of this document that was the greatest document to govern people, in my opinion, that's been around and has come around in about a thousand years. And if we don't, we're going to lose it. And we're going to lose it not by a foreign power. We don't have to worry about U.N. troops coming in, barefoot or Mongolians coming in, you know, rounding us up and putting us in camps. We're going to do it to ourselves. So I think we have an obligation, and we have we think we have a lot to offer the American people through our resources. I mean, if you want to teach courses on the Constitution, there's some great things out there. We can go right to our website. But we have people like, you must know Chris Ann Hall. She's been an instructor. We've got I don't know, nine or ten of her classes, and we have other uh, top experts uh, discussing not just our, the Constitution, but uh, Agenda 21 and many other things, uh, and the threats like the uh, Article 5 Convention and how folks are trying to, uh, many well-intentioned people think that's going to save our republic, and it's not, because the other side is uh, also pushing for that, and they want to rewrite, or I should say, make the Constitution common core compliant. And again, we're, we're, we're more than happy to come down. Uh, the, uh, the listeners there, they're interested in having us come down and speak, or you can just go to our website and uh, you know and take it, take it from there. Campconstitution.net is where they can go. Honoring the past, teaching the present, preparing the future. Ladies and gentlemen, Hal Shirtliff and Dr. Willie Soon, thank you both of you, gentlemen. And that'll close out. Uh, 
very fortunate yet again. Dr. Soon is a Harvard-Smithsonian scientist, and he has his background in aerospace engineering from University of Southern California. Both of them are New England-based. This has been a special edition of Discussions of Truth starting at the 3 o'clock hour. I am the host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. You've tuned in to Winwood Radio. And I'll be right back in about 45 minutes for my regular slotted time at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard for a couple other very compelling and interesting discussions.